loves. Welcome back to another episode, Stripped Down with Allie Levine. I am your host, Allie, and I'm so excited because today I have my very first guest with me. And well, she's not just a guest. She's like basically family to me. Um, She is one of my very best friends. She's my maid of honor in my wedding. She is a relaxation whore, we all call her. She has taught me what uh, somewhat what balance means in life. Um, how to relax and I would just say like I don't know the the ultimate like centering friend of mine out of all my friends (laughs) Um, this is Stephanie Stevens and I call her Steph hi Steph welcome to my show (laughs) oh yes so in college she called me Crombie and that was like because I back in the day if anyone can believe this by now looking at my photos and whatnot I used to always wear like pretty preppy like clothing Yeah, and I would wear, like, collared shirts and, like, the little, like, jean skirts from Abercrombie and the whole thing. And I basically just wanted to be a little Abercrombie model. Um, so, yeah, so that's where that that's where that uh, nickname comes from. But I'm so excited to have her on my show today. And today we're going to, of course, be talking a little bit about my journey and everything with motherhood. But, you know, Steph being my best friend, she's watched me go through it all from literally the beginning. Steph was flying back from... London or England right um where her family is and she was coming back and she literally came straight to the hospital and I was still in labor because (laughs) 42 hours later and she was coming to see me of course and get to meet Amelia and she literally was there like right before she was born right I was there for like an hour and a half and your family was just like so (laughs) overweighting and I just made the joke that Of course. I think she was. I mean, you did make the joke that when I was like super big and we were sitting in my loft upstairs, you made the joke and you were like, okay, now wait for me till I get back. So maybe you jinxed it. (laughs) You're like, now wait for me. Just, just hold on now. Sorry, Barb and Eric. (laughs) But she's really not sorry. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, so you got to really um, experience the chaos because I really wasn't even out there. I was, thank God, at this point in the, you know, actual area waiting to give birth I don't even think I was prepped for the OR at this point no you weren't you were still trying to push through it naturally yeah Yeah. and take your time doing it and everyone was super worried as far as your family was concerned yeah um the nurses and your doulas were very calm about it and um I think that well I guess I knew you best at that (laughs) point because I was like she's gonna do it until she can't do it anymore and she's gonna take her time and it's gonna happen yeah. And she's ready. Yeah, exactly. I wish um, everybody else would have uh, felt that way. And um, I mean, I've told you this now saying on the podcast, like, I think that, of course, everyone means well. But for me, I really had obviously a plan and a strategy for my birth yeah. and what I wanted. And obviously, a lot of that went out the window. But for me, it was like, I was so stressed out. The fact that everybody else was so stressed about my decisions. And it's like, but these are my decisions. Like, this is yeah. what I want for my birth. And I would say for any moms out there, um, you know, or moms-to-be, like, you really should absolutely stick to what, like, you, what you want as much as you can, obviously, in keeping safety with your baby. But as far as your family is concerned or anyone else, it really should be up to you. And I think my parents had a really hard time with that. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's because, like, obviously, like, parents don't want their children to pardon the snorting in the background, if you hear that. <laughs> that's, a, that's Steph's baby. <laughs> it's my new baby. Um, She's adorable. Um, but, you know, parents oh. don't want to see their children, you know, suffer, right? And I think, you know, they thought you were suffering, which yes. really, physically, I mean, man, going through labor for that many hours, like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> you weren't even on an epidural. You were just trying to Yeah, I didn't get on, I didn't get on an epidural until the last hours when they literally were like, they cranked me up on the Pitocin. Yeah, I came in only like once yeah. before and you yeah. like, you know, I'm like waiting to hear Allie like scream. She's like <laughs> not even screaming. She's just like very calm and like everybody kept her calm. Justin kept her calm. Yeah. And, and Alexis Haynes, my duo, was amazing. And she she kept me really calm. And, and my team, like you said, like I was really thankful I had them because they did. They kept me like really calm. And they kept saying to me like They were really breathe through. advocating for you, yes. which was really great to see. Um, and I mean, you know, just speaking to my friends who have had children, you know, 
um, you know, my friend Sarah, she just like, she felt like she couldn't advocate for herself because everyone was telling her to do something different. And she's pregnant with number two now, which I'm so excited about for her. And she, um, you know, gets, she's going to choose exactly what she wants. Good for her. And of course, you know, like it may not turn out the way that she, you know, really wants it to, but at least she is feeling like she has more control. Um, and I think for you too, like as long, it took you so long to actually like deliver Amelia, but you did it for as long as you physically could do it. Nobody was in harm. You know, Amelia's heart rate was fine. Your heart rate was fine. Like, there were no signs of, like, any complications other right. than the fact that she <laughs> she um, was just bigger than I think, you know, everybody anticipated. And you were so petite. And I know that it was, like, really hard for you to come to grips with the fact that you couldn't deliver her vaginally, which... Oh, super hard for me. Yeah, and um, I think, like, the... Like, you were talking earlier just about how, like, you always have... You're always concerned about what other people think, and I think everyone has that feeling as well, and I think that, like, you going through your journey was, like, the ultimate, like, you shouldn't care what other people Absolutely. think. Like, do what makes yeah. you happy. Do what you want to do and what feels right. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, and I think I've learned, like from going through, like you said, my birth and pregnancy and now motherhood, like you really do have to come to a place where you're like, you know what, I don't care what people think, even if you mean well and even if you want to mean well and want to tell me, like I'm going to do what I need to do and what I believe is right because I'm the mom and this is my baby and this is what yeah. feels right to me. And like you said, I, I appreciate you saying that I wasn't in any kind of danger. Amelia wasn't in any kind of danger. Like they checked our heart rates, temperatures, everything was fine. So that's what killed me the most is it was like, okay, couldn't like can we not be crazy because there's no reason to be crazy right now because it's like so not it's not crazy you know it's like it, it, I understand it's not an it was, emergency yes exactly and that was the thing I had to keep explaining to people like n there's no like emergency happening right now there's no there wasn't even an emergency c-section I mean truly when it came down to it I remember Justin turning to me and saying you know what do you want to do? And they were like, Allie, you know, do you want to keep going? And I was like, yes, I want to keep going. And if it was my choice, to be honest, I probably would have kept going the next morning <laughs> because I really wanted to get her out. And who knows yeah. if I would have, but in my mind, I wanted to still have the opportunity. And I remember them saying like, you can, we can give you till the morning because you're not technically, I guess there's like a certain cutoff of hours in the hospital where then they're just like, we're done. Mm -hmm. And I guess I wasn't there yet, even though I was close. And they were like, we can either give you to the morning or you can meet her tonight. It's up to you. And Justin returned to me and was like, babe, you know, it's up to you. No pressure. But I feel like I would like to meet our daughter tonight. And then as soon as he said that and was like, I would like to meet Amelia Ray. Don't you want to meet her? I just started crying. And I was like, okay, well, that's that. You know, right. like, it was like, well, there goes me being strong. And there goes me, you know, being like, so like, yes, I'm going to keep going. Because yeah. then it became emotional. And it was like, no, of course I want to meet her right this minute. I don't want to wait any longer. And then it was like, okay. And then it was like this major sigh and like bawling that was the thing when I cried the most it was when I had to be prepped for the OR and for any moms listening that or moms to be they're going to be getting a c-section like there's nothing wrong with a c-section like that's where I wound up as far as a c-section but it just for me was not what I wanted in my birth plan or birth strategy it wasn't what I really felt like was I don't know just wasn't my vision like you know Steph I told you from the beginning when I was pregnant and I would go in the bath all the time and I wanted a weather birth and I wanted natural and I felt connected to her in the water and all these things, yeah. to me it was like <laughs> that just didn't feel like right in my mind and in my head. And if there's any advice I could give some moms is that like you do also have to let go of that because I believe part of my postpartum depression is the fact that I held on to so much of that because I was so traumatized basically by my birth and everything that went around with it yeah. and it like really affected me and fucked with me. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was still good that you had a you had what a plan that you thought would yes. play out. A and everything way. went nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, having a plan for something that's so life changing, I mean, I think just helps you prepare for it instead of just like, I mean, what if you went to like labor in the middle of somewhere else and you like didn't necessarily have a plan? Right. No, that, it's true. That's more or like you gave birth in your car. Oh my god. Right. Oh my like, god. Yeah. Horrifying and right. yay for those women who have had I a know. baby in a car. Like, it is that's crazy. crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> it shows how amazing women are. And that was my point is like I understand like 
again, your parents mean well, like in your family, everyone means well, but they get scared because in their mind, like the doctor and all that is like the absolute Mm -hmm. and nothing wrong with that. But that isn't like how you just said people have babies in, you know, the back in the day, you know, out in the forest, in the jungle, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like straight up, like, you know, I mean like back of cars, like actually having like children at home in nature, like that's just a journey that they're all choosing to have to go back to their roots and have their babies without a midwife right it just being them and their partners and I mean I don't know if I could do that but I couldn't do it I would have to have at least my midwife and my doula like for me Alexis Haynes my doula she was amazing like I remember when she came over when I was first in like pre-pre-labor and she like you know got me out of the bathtub and she started like massaging me and like moving me around she's like all right I know this is gonna hurt but like let's squat this way and let's lounge this way and let's stretch this way and it's like it's painful, but it's, like, necessary to, like, labor the baby down naturally. And it's, like, you don't realize, like, that's really what it is when you're in natural birth. Like, you are laboring this baby down for hours and hours. So anyone else that doesn't understand that or doesn't take any type of courses or anything like that that, like, wants to be in that, for everyone else, it's scary as shit because they're, like, wait, why is the baby taking so long? Like, my mom was, like, oh, I had you in six hours. And I'm, like, you had me in six hours because they put you on Pitocin, they basically strapped you down to a bed and they ripped me out of you. Yeah, of course I came out in six hours. Like, yeah, back in the day they were allowed to use, you know, forceps and (laughs) shit, you know? And that's what they used on me, you know, because they couldn't get me out. And my mom, and I was only seven pounds, seven ounces. So it was like, it was like, you know, of course, you know, my brothers think we're even faster, but again, then her body had been used to it. And they say, which fingers crossed, I really hope for myself, like I'm going to go for a vaginal, a vaginal birth, my second one, no matter what, even if it doesn't work out that way, because for my healing and my process, I just feel like I need to. Yeah. I don't know if I'll go about it the same exact way I did the first time, but I definitely will at least go for the what they call a V-back, the vaginal after yeah. a C-section. And I know a lot of people who have been successful that way. I know my mom had a C-section, and I just remember her saying, like, once you have a C-section, you can't ever right. deliver vaginally. Right. And, like, now. Now, exactly. Now exactly. You now you can. And I think, again, like, I'm glad you said that because I think that, Again, like society loves to tell you like all these things that you can't do, you absolutely can't do. And it's like, but then when someone does it, it's like, oh, really? Because I just did. Well, and it's just like evolving, you know, everything's evolving. Medical, you know, studies are evolving. Medical practices are evolving. They're yeah. figuring out that you don't have to do it this archaic way anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're figuring out that like some medicines aren't necessarily always like the best thing. And they're figuring out different natural ways. And there's all different discoveries now. Yeah, I have, I don't have kids for anybody who's wondering, but I, you know, definitely want to have children yeah and you, you know be a me mom. I'm gonna yeah. be like I like read up on things and like you know not that I'm you know pregnant or planning on having kids anytime soon hence why I have a fur baby um but I you know I still you know look online and research and just try to prepare prepare myself for like what my options could possibly be um, when that time comes for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I hope that also for watching me go through it and seeing everything and like some of your friends, it prepares you a little bit better because you have ideas of what the options are and like what's out there and what maybe could happen, what might not happen. And like, you know, it's like, I mean, from everyone I talk to, every single birth is different. It's kind of nuts. Like every single mom I talk to, they're like, oh, this is what happened to me. Oh, this is what happened to me. Even someone who had a C-section, like there's played out completely different. Like every, every birth is so different. And it was funny because I was talking to my another mom the other day and I was talking to her because she had a C-section and then she had two V-backs. And I was like, oh, that's really like comforting. And I was like, what did you do to prepare for that? Like mentally. And she was like, I just told myself that like no matter what I could do it and like I, I wasn't going to get stuck in the same position I did the first time and like I also prepared and made sure I didn't eat as much and tried to make sure the baby was smaller and all these different things that you can do well, yeah all these different things you can do and I said to her but what did you do as far as you know like your mental state was concerned and she goes honestly you just have to keep telling yourself like that every birth is different so even if your first birth was what it was you will never have another birth like that ever again no matter what anybody tells yeah. you even if you wind up in another c-section it's not going to be like that c-section like every single and so I was like well that's kind of comforting like in itself because it's not the same as like what your your brain already goes to yeah it's like, already preparing yourself yes. for it not you're like oh well, I've already heard that it's not going to be the same anyway so like why right would I focus on it being the exact same way yeah exactly yeah. so and I don't think like I mean you were talking in your your first podcast just about your first episode just about how no one ever tells you that like just like all the complications that you could possibly go through and you've heard all these people say oh I had such a smooth labor yeah well, so far, none of my friends have had smooth labors, 
and uh, like friends of friends that I've heard like have not had smooth labor something has always like been a complication of some sort right or didn't turn out the way that they necessarily wanted it to yeah or they didn't advocate for themselves because of their parents expectations yeah like all of that so at least I'm already like prepared for that yeah at least you yeah right you've already kind of gotten through all that and you're like all right well I get that yeah and I think like you just said like the perfect word advocate like like you have to advocate for yourself no matter what you want whether you want medicine don't want medicine you want vaginal you want c-set like whatever it is even just the smallest thing when you make your list of like that plan or that you know that strategy I kind of say strategy now because I kind of feel like in my head when I kept saying plan it became so permanent that I got so upset in my head that it wasn't a plan anymore you know it was like oh there goes this checkbox gone this checkbox gone like everything was gone 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 so for me I feel like now I say strategy to make myself feel better but whatever (laughs) for anybody else out there plan but the point is is that like no matter what advocate for yourself and 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 say to yourself like even if these things all go out the window what is the one thing you're not going to give up so for me as you know it was nursing like no matter what anybody told me even though Amelia would not latch for like the first, you know, 10 days or so. Yeah, like, you didn't give up. Oh, I did not give up. I couldn't because for me personally, I had lost so much of what I wanted in my whole birth yeah. situation that, like, this was not going to happen. Like, this was not going to be taken from me. Well, and what I want to say is, like, it's so good that you, you, like, did your research and, like, found that help because I think oftentimes, like, people don't try to find a oh, solution. Yeah. They just give up. They're just like, oh, this is too hard. I'm just going to give up. Whereas, like, I'm one of those people where it's, like, if I get sick or I see that, like, my friends are suffering, like, I start looking into it. Yes, you do. And I really try and do my research and, like, try and figure it out. Like, even with me, like, I've gone through bouts of depression and I just try to find different ways. If something's not working that worked last time, then I try and find something else. And so I think it's really great that you just kept trying to find those solutions instead of just giving up. Yeah, no, thank you. And, I mean, it's true. And, like, but resources are everything. Like, again, like, nowadays we have, like, so much help and so much out there. Like, I can only imagine, like, my mom was, you know, 21, 22 with me and had no resources. Everyone around her is, like, just give her, you know, the bottle. Just give it, give up. Like, I don't blame her. Like, it was so different back then. But now it's, like, there's so many resources. We all have social media. We have online. We have Facebook. We have Google. We have all these things we can look up help and like I had you know my lactation team Goldilocks oh my god <laughs> Steph's dog is out of control <laughs> sorry guys and meanwhile I'm like Steph the sound is really good because the mic's really strong and and <laughs> Olive's being Olive hyper. is being hyper she's she took hyper. a nap before so now she's in like full-blown like freak out mode oh little pup gremlin status <laughs> she is you're so funny. Um, but, um, no, but it's true. It's, like, when you have that help and you have, like, a lactation, you know, team. Like, I had Goldilocks, like, Candace and Candace. Like, they came over. You know, they, they checked Amelia. They made sure everything was healthy with her and everything was fine. They showed me how to latch. They showed me different ways to, for her to latch. They, you know, said, okay, let's try again this way, try again that way. And they just kept encouraging me. It's okay she didn't latch this time. We're going to try again tomorrow. It's okay. And it's, like, when someone keeps encouraging you and keeps saying to you, you can do it, you can do it, and you can see, like, the end in sight, then you feel like, okay, I can do this. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, I wanted to give up at first, too, because the first 10 days were horrible, because she wouldn't latch, and she was crying, and, you know, I I was giving her, like, you know, I pumped like crazy, so I was giving her, like, my pump colostrum, you know, Justin was feeding yeah. her with, like, the Doppler, so I knew she wasn't, like starving and she was fine but every time I put her on my boob to try to get her to eat she would just scream because she was like I can't latch like nothing's there and I ended up finding out you know my milk hadn't even come in like for the first 10 days because again from a c-section complications can happen and for me they did and my placenta obviously didn't come out naturally and my doctor said sometimes that can tell the milk not to drop right away so that can cause milk to be like a week to two weeks late and again no one talks about this so to me I'm like Where's my milk? Like, of course it should be in, right? Like, why aren't I you nursing? I just had a baby. Yeah, like, I have friends of mine who, like, are pregnant right now, and they're squirting out milk already. And I'm like, damn, well, for you, you already had milk. But, like, not everybody that's the case. So it's like, all right, well, again, something else we don't talk about. So I was just so thankful that I did have the help to let me feel like I could nurse and make me feel, you know, well, comfortable. And now, and now you know that, like, moving forward, if you – have to have another c-section and the same thing happens like you've already done some sort of research to try and see like well how can I make it come earlier next time is there something right that I can do yeah beforehand to make sure that that happens a little bit quicker definitely no yeah I mean it's, it's so true so you have you have a kind of an interesting story because like you said you're not you're not a mom but 
you are dating someone who has a daughter. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of in that world with all of us because you're, you are kind of, I mean, I know you're not her mom, but I've watched I'm you with her. I'm a pseudo stepmother. Yes. I watch you with her and like, I see like how everything you deal with and everything. Um, so like without going too much into it, can you tell us a little bit about like on that side of things for you being kind of that like pseudo mom and, and everything and, and like how that all plays out for you? Cause it's different. Cause you I guess. Well, I mean, I also too, like, uh, you know, my mom had twins when I was 18, you know, six months into it. My mom had pneumonia, had to go to the hospital. That's right. And I was luckily visiting her. Um, She lives in England. And so I, you know, spent time with my twin siblings that were six months old. Um, So, I mean, I'm comfortable around babies and then uh, toddlers, I guess um, there's like, you know, some time missing for me. And now I'm a pseudo stepmother <laughs> of a 15 year old. No, now 16 year old. She turned That's 16 crazy. last week. And, um, so you're really in it. Cause she's like a real pain in the ass teen. <laughs> uh, sh- yeah, she is a very challenging and difficult teenager. Um, something that I like really wasn't necessarily exposed to because, you know, I had, I had my, you know, things growing up. I have had two, I have two step parents. I have a stepfather and a stepmother. Um, but I have never witnessed anything like this in my entire life. And I think right now what I'm learning from it is literally to just like stand up for myself and set my boundaries and, like as much as it sucks because you know like I care about people so much and like I really just want the best for her and I want her to be a happy child she just really hasn't been happy for the two years that my boyfriend and I have been together um there's really not much support I can give her because you know she has issues with her mother and therefore semi takes it out on me without realizing it I know which is sad and I you know as I told you like yesterday I just got the whole my life would be so much better without you in it but yet I don't I mean, I feel like I've only contributed in positive ways to and the family. And you have, but since. again, that's her hormones and that's what she's been through and all that and you can't change that. I can't. And so at this point I can just, um, I've had to step back, mm-hmm. um, guard myself a little bit more and pretty much just let my boyfriend take the reins and let him know that like as much as I want to be super supportive, he knows that, you know, our kids will be different. Because he sees how much I do care for her and how much concern I do have for her. But at the end of the day, she just keeps pushing a lot of people away. Yeah. Um, And so the only thing I can do to protect my sanity and, uh, you know, not blame myself for the situation that she's in is just kind of uh, remove myself and realize that I really don't have much control over it. No, you don't. And I mean, I give you credit, though, for being able to, like, look at that and be like, I have to remove myself. I have to draw my boundaries and all of that because really, in a sense, it kind of prepares you for motherhood, to be honest. But I mean, obviously, Amelia Ray is only 13 months, but I'm still even learning, like, as a new mom and dealing with my own mom, like, how to draw my yeah. boundaries and how to figure things out with Amelia and drawing those in the line early. And, you know, it's it's all part of it. Yeah, and but I think, too, like, I think... The difference is, is that you guys are all working to have this relationship and build this new relationship that you have with Amelia um, versus somebody flat out choosing that they want nothing to do with you. Right. And like, I she know... She doesn't realize she's choosing that though because if, you know, it, also I think because she is a teenager, obviously her hormones and everything else play out. We all remember our teen year. I mean, I mean, I, I was a bad teenager and I think that sometimes like obviously the emotions really cloud the space and she doesn't realize what she's actually saying to you. Yeah. And, and I've, I've talked to some people about this cause a lot of people are just going to be like, Oh, well she's just a teenager. That's right. just how it is. Right. And I just like, it's like going to a job and people just being like, Oh, well that's just how it is. Like yeah. we're not going to change it. And I just, I like kind of just want to call bullshit on it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I told her, I told you know, my stepdaughter yesterday, I was like, you know, we're, we have this really r- unique situation where we get to create the kind of family that we want. We get to create a positive, like family environment and she's choosing not to contribute to it in a positive way. And I keep trying to contribute every single day in a I positive know. way. I don't cause drama in the house. I keep it very relaxed. I don't want it to be stressful. Being a teenager is stressful enough. Yeah. And I know, I know that she can choose to be happy. Yeah. She just, for whatever reason, is choosing to not be every single day. Yeah, I know. I see that with her, too. She is choosing to not be happy. And to put herself in situations where, 
she ultimately like gets grounded and is like grounded for her entire spring break and like is in her room unhappy the whole time right um and like you know i've said that to her before like you know if you were just honest with michael from the beginning um you know this probably wouldn't have happened right and you would be able to do whatever you wanted this whole entire week right um but you know for some reason it's just not clicking and she may just have to learn her her like lessons the hard way I know it like upsets me because obviously as a new mom like watching your situation besides you being my best friend it's like I obviously think about Amelia and she's only 13 months but before I know it she'll be a teen and it like totally scares me and freaks me out like oh my gosh what if she acts like that or I have to draw those boundaries or like you know it's scary you know it's like I've had those conversations with Justin I'm like oh my gosh like I hope she's more of you because he was a way better teen than I was and like me but who knows because you know karma likes to play a lot in our lives yeah but I it um it's hard because no matter what like you do love those people I mean I know even though she's not technically yours and she's your boyfriend's daughter I know you do love her and want the best for her because that's the kind of person you are yeah I just want I want the best for everybody just in general and yeah you do that's who you are as a person and of course like you know, if something like super serious happened and I was once she reached out to you, I would be there in a heartbeat to help her. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, no, it's, it's a tough situation. It's, I mean, I was talking to Justin last night. I was like, I don't know, I don't know how you handle that. Like, I obviously have not gotten to that stage yet. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> I'll get I, back to you. <laughs> I remember when uh, Michael, like, it was after one of our first dates. The one where we went, <laughs> the one where uh, we went up and uh, jumped the sand dunes and everything. And on our way back, he was like, so I have to tell you something. And I was like, oh, what? What do you have to tell me? Right. And then he's like, I have a daughter. And then in my head, oh, I, I was remember like, you telling me I this. was like, how old is your daughter? And he's like, she's 10. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can handle that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, uh, what about the mother? Because I like for me, I just don't think that I could have ever dated somebody who had like a toddler or a baby oh no I get with that with the mother still in the picture right and like it's I, a lot I thought that it would be easier not having her mother in the picture like 24 7 like her mom is still around for like some holidays she flew out for her birthday and like she's right. spending the summer with her but her mom's not super hands-on yeah um and I thought it would be a little bit easier but like man it's hard yeah I know so I watch hard. you in it all the time um, your fur baby wants your attention. Oh, you're so funny. You were sleeping the whole time, and now you want to be awake. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I hope it gets easier. It's been really challenging for Michael and I and our, our relationship. Not so much that, like, we like we don't like each other, but it just, it, it's just a whole different tone in the house when, yeah. when you know you have this unhappy person and you don't know, like, what they're going to do next, and so you're kind of, like, always on edge a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's been, hard. been a little challenging, yes, because it has taken away some of our focus on each other mm-hmm. and, like, moving forward. But at the end of the day, like, when we do have those moments and we can, like, work on the house together, that's yeah. when I realized that, like, we're a really good team and yeah, uh, we, we work. Right, and you, and you work it out. Yeah. So I was saying earlier, you guys, that Steph is, like, literally, like, she's so good when it comes to centering and balance and she's always been someone in my life who has challenged me always and been like you need to better center yourself and you need to be more balanced put your phone down put your phone down i'm pissed at you you won't put your phone away all the things like let's go to the beach and she's on her phone the whole time like what the heck yeah um and i've come a long way huh yes you have (laughs) she will put her phone face down in front of me when we're having dinner together people i will it's a that's a very big big milestone for me i get icon yes exactly yeah it's true (laughs) but I what I wanted to talk about with that because I think it's amazing that you've always been so self-conscious about that and you've always been so I mean that's why the joke relaxation horror because you literally love to relax like you live to relax which is great because most of us live to work myself included yeah and it's so good that you have that in you like what would be like with my audience like what would be some like tips or some things that you would say like that you think that you do well or that help you to always stay grounded because you are someone like she is a manager at a spa yeah. and the, the now massage spa it's amazing if you guys <laughs> check it out I've, name drop yep a little bit well it's amazing the now and they have massages and I mean all kinds of just amazing um therapies I've been and it's just incredible but she's worked at so many amazing spas over the years um and she's like I said really good at being grounded and 
finding those different rituals and different things that work. Like I feel like every time I try to do self-care, I'm like really good about it for a few days and then it goes away. Like you are always, for the most part I would say, on top of it and you check in with yourself consistently. Like what, like, what is that like? How are you like that? Um, I think it's because like one, I grew up with like weekends being weekends with my family. Mm-hmm. And so we would always like be outside or like, you know, in middle school, like playing outside was like really encouraged by my family, not being in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. Like my parents were really strict when cell phones came out. I didn't even get a cell phone until I was like 18 and that's only because I was going to college up in Flagstaff. Wow. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't be like in the same vicinity as my, my family. Um, and I think too, like I just, I don't know why, but I just feel like I grew up not taking those small feelings of like calmness for granted yeah and then you know after my dad died it was just like such like an eye-opener for me and I Mm -hmm. think that's really when I dove into it Mm -hmm. um just because you know like amongst all this chaos like the only thing that you have is like your breath and yourself in that moment and so like how do you continue I'm gonna start crying I know I was gonna say I'm watching your eyes it's okay (laughs) this is an emotional real and raw podcast so it's like it's like self-soothing like what can I do to make myself feel better yeah and really all I can do wow I can't believe I'm fucking it's okay it's okay um all I can really do is like take a breath right and, and like walk away and realize all of this like all of these possibilities that surround you right and like, that's so beautifully said I think too like some of my friends have really struggled with depression and you know one of them isn't here anymore and I just remember telling that person like what you need to do when you feel like you have nothing left is to remove yourself from that situation and find something else that gives you that feeling of possibility I love that and, That's like, so starting true. over, like, I, I know you know I've, like, moved so many times mm-hmm. in my life, too. But, like, starting over, like, pressing stop mm-hmm. and then restart, yeah. you can wipe your slate of so many things that have just, like, caused you so much angst. Like, yeah. I mean, some people would say, like, you're running away from your problems, but really, like... Well, that's one way to look at it. And like you just said, for you, another perspective is the fact that it's you're not, hitting like... The, yeah, that place like, isn't serving you well anymore. And like, you know, living in Hawaii, I could feel it. And like, there's also that seeing like when you move to LA, LA either swallows you whole oh, yes. or spits you out. But I have found, luckily, I've found that like happy medium where I've been mm-hmm. here for like f- fucking seven years I know, already. I've been here for like nine and a half. Is that yeah. insane? And Everyone <laughs> when I used to talk about like, we'll be here for a year and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. yeah and like, mm-hmm. you know, I have you know, California and I have found some kind of rhythm and like I've gone through moments where I felt like I was going to have to leave LA at least. Yeah. Um, it will be very overwhelming. Yeah. But like even moving into a different city. Yeah. Like say you've been in the same apartment for three years and you just feel like life isn't moving forward. Like be the advocate for yourself and move forward. Even if it's just moving into a new apartment or like paying off your credit card debt which right. I know we're all struggling oh yeah <laughs> struggle is um, real like you know advocate for yourself to get out of a relationship that's not right. working for you if you change like, your situation your happiness is up to you it's really not up to other people like other people yes can contribute to how happy you may end up being but people also can contribute to how unhappy right so I mean it's so true whether it's a boyfriend a husband a partner a best friend family I mean every a worker like everyone can play that role in your life negative or positive yeah and like you know I feel like I've experienced a lot of death in my life yes you have maybe sooner than a lot of other people have Mm -hmm. which you know I completely empathize with people when they're going through like their first death that they've ever experienced of like a grandparent but like my like I just recently lost my my uncle um, who was like my dad's oldest brother. So mm-hmm. now I have like one uncle left. I have my grandmother left on that side of the family. And like, I just talked to my grandma the other day and I was like, our lives have turned out nothing like we ever thought they would be. Yeah. Like I thought my dad would still be here. I thought mm-hmm. like I'd still probably might have moved back to Phoenix right. at this point or like something. But yeah. like felt like I'd have more family around. Mm-hmm. And so really all I can count on is like myself and how I choose to move forward without those people. Yeah. No, I'm, but I think that's, I think that's, that's really honest and, and really true because at the end of the day, like you said, it's, it's you. Like, even though of course you have people around you, like you have to take care of you and like you 
have to be number one. And that's something like I'm even learning, especially now being a new mom. And I've talked to you about this where like I struggle because I'm like, okay, I'm basically the CEO of my household. I'm like, you know, CEO of my own business. I'm new mom. Yeah. I'm a wife. I, I'm this, I'm that, I'm, you know, I'm this to everyone. And then I'm like, oh wait, but what about me? And then I realize like I forget lost in the shuffle. And yeah. then I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'll say to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. I'm spinning out of control. And you're like, well, yeah, because you are not doing anything for yourself. You're doing for Amelia. You're doing for Justin. You're doing for work. But where is your balance? Like, what are you doing for you? Yeah, and I'm still, like, I still have moments where I'm really good at it. I still have moments where I'm really bad at it. And then I'm like, I'm so not happy right now. Like, what is wrong? And then I'm like, oh, I need to go away. I need to get out of L.A. for, like, a couple days. I need to go to the beach today. I need to go outside. Speaking of which, I don't think I've been to the beach in, like, I know we need to do a beach a trip together. Minute. Same. I haven't either. I was I, I was actually thinking that I was like we need to even just like go sit like at, in Malibu for the day and just like relax. Yeah, but I mean even like driving out to where you are in yeah. Simi Valley, mm-hmm. like even just looking at the hills. Is I like, know, isn't it so pretty? I will say, like at first I like kind of dreaded moving out here, but now whenever I like come home from the city and I drive back home, I'm like, oh, these views are just so <laughs> therapeutic. Like yeah. I never thought I'd be that way because I'm such a city girl, yeah. but like there's something in my older age that I'm like oh, this is so calming. This is so nice. Like, yeah. I don't feel so, like, like suffocated, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, years ago, I used to be so, like, yes, yes, in the business, in the business. And now I'm like, oh. I mean, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, crazy. Like, and, yeah, it's just, it's so interesting how, as you get older, obviously, like, you look at things differently and life changes and look at things differently. And I feel like also now with Amelia, obviously, being, you know, so young, I look at also life through her eyes now and the way she discovers life. I mean, we were laughing at her earlier because <laughs> she's just, like, everything. She's, like, the cheesiest, like, smile yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. And, and it comes just, out of nowhere. She it just does. looks at you and it's like, hey. Yeah, she's just, like, so happy. And it's like she's just in love with life. And it's, like, kind of so amazing to see <laughs> her be like that because she is so young and she is discovering everything. And it's like I have to remind myself and be like, okay, I kind of need to – look at life that way sometimes and just like rediscover things and like they say smell the roses and like actually take in like oh what's going on around me versus like this is happening that's happening and then all of a sudden it's the end of the week and I'm like what happened this week like yeah it's crazy I mean and I I've tried to tell Michael this too because Michael's like a workaholic yes yeah, so is like, her boyfriend he sometimes get really gets him really- and him and I actually I would say are very similar in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah you are and I kind of have to um pull him into like Oh, you have to rope him into relaxation. I watch you. Yeah, and I remember just, like, I got really emotional about it one day because I just saw, like, I saw my dad work and work and work and work and, like, I didn't have a very good, like, personal connection with him for, like, a bunch of reasons. Yeah. But, like, I just remember that, like, I could have enjoyed more time with my dad if, if he also saw the importance of taking a moment to breathe and, like, you know, we have backyards. Like, how many people actually come home from work yep. and go sit in their backyard? Mm-hmm. And don't turn on their TV. Not right. very many people. Not many people. people. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, again, I'm thankful that Amelia like wants to go outside now every day. Like this morning I was outside with her playing in her playhouse because yeah. she wants to be outside. Like she wants to experience that. Yeah. And so it's a really good point. But like most of us, like we do right. We like look at our, our backyard. We may have like the door open, but like we're sitting on our computer or we're watching television. We're on and, our phone. And you spend so much money trying to make like your backyards yes. nice and then you don't even enjoy it. I know. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah. You but do. I mean, you did a good job at your old house with the pool. Yes. The Oasis and we would sit back there and enjoy it and that's what we're trying to do now obviously here minus the pool like we've been trying to do like Justin loves to be outside every night he grills like that's his way of resetting now is he's like he's like I know you want to grill every night but I would like to grill as much as possible because he sits out there and he wants to grill and feel like he's outside he's in the corporate office all day so he wants to be away from a desk yeah outside standing enjoying being in the fresh air I think that's why he also loves golf so much I mean obviously he loves to golf but I think he loves the freeness of it that he can just be himself and be out there and be in his element yeah. and not be stuck like in an office mm-hmm. you know so it's um yeah I mean it's true so what what would you say are like some self-care rituals besides the fact that taking a breath the different things that, like you remind yourself and things that you do what are some self-care rituals that you would say would be good for people to maybe <laughs> do that aren't doing um so aromatherapy is always a good option um I think I've been using that since we were in college, really. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Steph and I, backstory, we like we have known each other since Steph was 18? 18, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, like, I know, I had to think about that. Yeah. 18. Basically, she was a freshman yeah. in college, and I was a sophomore, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, that's how long we've known each other. And we both went to Northern Arizona University, NAU, in Flagstaff, Arizona. And we we saved each other from a lot of crazy situations in life in our young years and that's kind of how we bonded and 
ended up moving in as roommates together and how she ended up coming out to LA when she had a crazy breakup and moved in with me and yeah. I mean the list goes on that's a whole nother episode yeah but um, um, but, but, but yeah like aromatherapy um you know right now my boyfriend and I have uh, a pretty steady ritual of like we have a bath which I know a lot of people don't have baths mm-hmm. in LA but we take a bath once a week together TMI sorry <laughs> um but we try and take a bath once a week together um you know I try and give myself my skin has been like really bad for some reason I think so it's a change been, me. I think it's a change of weather right now it could be yeah and so like I've been giving myself facials like every week mm-hmm. like right before I go to bed and um, it's always been really important to me too to like get ready for bed. Like, I start Ooh, getting ready. One. I start getting ready like an hour before I know I'm gonna be like falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And you know, I use um, aromatherapy to like start it. Just kind of like sleep training with Amelia. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like you literally have to keep practicing that your entire life. That's such a good point. You really do. Right. And, and like you know, I'll get mad at Michael because he'll come in like at. 10 o'clock and mm-hmm. I'm ready to go to sleep and he's just like I'm so like him like still, that. he's still like hyped up yeah, and makes still a lot mode. of noise yep. and I just get so mad at him I'm like I'm trying to sleep I'm like <laughs> I'm talking through my teeth because I don't want to raise my voice because I've just tried to set this tone so yeah. it's like I do aromatherapy if he's not in the room already I start going into like my Spotify playlist of like deep sleep music or just something that's relaxing that you know, theta brainwaves, yeah. delta brainwaves, like whatever, just something that really starts to like trigger your body to get into the rhythm of sleeping. Right. Um, I haven't really slept very well for like two years. I'm still trying to figure out what that's all I know, about. I know. I don't know what it's about. Yeah. Um, but at least it's getting, you know, it's like just an intention that I'm setting every night to just end in relaxation and calm. Right. And hopefully I wake up the next morning without like feeling stressed out yeah and you do a lot of your like essential oils because you got me into those oh like every day yeah and I'm always looking up like new blends and everything and I've spent so much money <laughs> sorry Michael um <laughs> it's my money but um I've I really have I've spent a lot of money on getting some essential oils um but that's important to you it is important to me, plus, too, like, I t- was also trying to find ways to use them to maybe trigger Sophia to be more calm right. and more focused right. and not as stressed out. Yeah, I remember you were trying some different things. I was really trying hard, and I guess she just really hates the scent of orange, and some blends have orange in them. And, uh. you know, like I read with essential oil, sometimes there are smells that your body necessarily doesn't like, but it also means that that's what your body needs. Oh, Interesting. Um, and then of course I met with like, what are you a doctor? How do you know? And like, I don't believe you. And I'm just like, okay, fine, whatever. Right. You're like, I did the research though, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So essential oils, taking a bath, um, you know, reading a book, not looking at your phone. Oh my gosh. Reading a book. I have to do that. I have been so, I, I still have a lot of books. Trust me. I need to read, but like. I'll go in like waves of wanting to read and then just wanting to like relax and watch me or listen to music. Yeah. Um, it's a good point though, reading a book. Like I wonder how many people listening actually read a book before they go to sleep. Like I audible. Yeah. Well, well audible. I, I mean, I can't either, but I know a lot of people <laughs> who do do audible. Um, I've done it every now and again. And I will say like, it is good if you don't want to have to sit there and read or you don't have like the capacity. Like some people don't like when I've sometimes gone in the bath, cause I do try to take a bath. I'm not as good as you, but I usually like, every other week I would say and like I suddenly then will turn it on audible because then I like want to hear like something while I'm sitting yeah. in the bath and I don't want to sit there and read and scroll and the whole thing but I think it is good like you said like to sit there with an actual book and like allow yourself to kind of fall into that and I remember in yeah. high school like I used to read books all the time I used to love it even in college I feel like when I was living with you I read quite a few books like yeah. when we weren't partying but <laughs> we didn't party that much <laughs> Maybe, um, but, um, another episode, but, um, I, um, it's interesting you bring that up because I feel like, yeah, that's also like another lost art. Like people like same with magazines, like you don't, they don't. Oh my God. Through. Reading Cosmo. Yeah. Does everybody rem- remember reading Cosmo? Yeah. Like we used to just sit, yeah, we used to just sit in our those stupid dorm quizzes. room and just go through, remember? And be like, yeah. oh, well that's why he's a match and that's why this and like, <laughs> you know, oh, this is so interesting and this is why my sex life sucks. You know, it's like, just like read all these things. Oh, I didn't know things. you could do that. <laughs> You know, like it's so funny. So, but that's that's a really good point. So, essential oils, aromatherapy, good, taking baths, taking baths, listening to music, mm-hmm. re- relaxing music. I mean, I guess some people find heavy metal relaxing. So, like, if that's Always what, interesting. Yeah, like Marilyn Manson. Like, go on, put it on. Right, whatever's to your it. jam. Totally. Um, I could get down with Marilyn Manson. Sometimes. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I think also too, like music's been a really big thing for me, mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Us in college, yeah. music. Music, and, yeah. yeah. Majorly. That was always like a really Our mood good. thing always helped us. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And I try to still continue that. Like, even if I put my earbuds in because Justin's really not into it and he would rather have the TV on. And like, we went through points where like, obviously we were on like stripped on Bravo, we didn't have a television. And then like, after we ended the show, like I made him not have the TV for months and we, I slept better and I felt like he did, but he swears he didn't. It was bothering him. So now we're back in a new routine of where I allow him to have the TV because he goes up usually before me because I stay down and work because I'm a workaholic. Yeah. And then I come upstairs and he knows if it's still on, either I turn it off or if he is like falling asleep and I turn on the sleep timer and then we like come up with like a 20, 30 minute agreement of like this is going to be off within a certain amount of time. Yeah, Michael so will turn the timer zone. on too. Yeah, so but I can usually, zone out. Yeah, and, but I'm and the yeah. first one to go to sleep. It's dead quiet. Right. And then he comes up and is loud and wakes me up. And right. And then we go back to sleep 30 minutes after he's had some TV time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, like, now, whereas before I used to be so onto the TV, now it's like I really feel like it really does keep me awake and it does keep me overstimulated that I, as soon as I put the sleep timer on and it goes off, I can't fall asleep right after it's been on. I have to, like put like a meditation app in my ear or like listen well, but to it's something because it's changing like the sound waves like i i like i'm one of those people where i need it like quiet or i need like the hum like even right the, you know the water water yes yeah, water bowl yeah. like mm-hmm. that is like an acceptable therapeutic hum. to you yeah but like i'm also one of those people where like i can feel the light mm-hmm. movement in the room from really? the tv oh. like it's really weird and michael thinks that i'm so crazy but i'm pretty <laughs> sure there's plenty of you out there that can like feel Relate. the light yeah feel the tv is on i sleep with earplugs in and an eye mask like yeah i sleep with an eye mask too the eye mask for me is like an ultimate like it when i forget that i'm in like complete like ah shit what am i gonna do like i'm trying to put a wash like i try to cover my like i you know like blankets don't work like i really need a mask now like if i don't have it i really feel like i don't get the same sleep i usually freak out if i don't have earplugs really really bad i get anxiety about it oh wow i didn't know that about you that's funny oh yeah i knew you use earplugs but i didn't know like it was to that extreme Oh, yeah. Like, even when Michael goes to bed early. Yeah. I literally, like, eat, like even Olive, like, she, fucking, she right snores <laughs> all the time. Um, oh, you have a bunny. Oh, yeah, we have bunnies See, in our backyard. See, moments like that. I love right. that. Um, I know we have so many cute bunnies in our backyard. It's great for our podcast, <laughs> um, but I have really cute bunnies in my backyard. But, yeah, I, like, have anxiety about not getting good sleep. Yeah. And I don't want to take, like, you know, yes, I've taken melatonin, everybody. It's, right. like, a habit. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't necessarily fully helped you, huh? No, it hasn't, and I remember, this is really bad, I remember taking, um, oh my god, what was it? Ambien. Uh-huh. Ambien is, like, so amazing, but I don't want to <laughs> go get the prescription, and I don't really want to, like, be dependent on sleeping meds, so I know I can't work out before I go to bed, because that just makes, that wakes me up more. Same. I know. And yoga, like stretching. Helps. Stretching helps. Stretching. Like, okay. I could stretch, but then again, I'm back to the point where, like, I could do yoga before I go to bed, and right. I'm relaxed, and then I have Michael come up and wake me up at 1030. <laughs> he turns on the TV. I put my earplugs in if they're not in already. Like, right. It'll, yourself. I'll yeah. sleep eventually, or maybe I'm just being groomed into being a parent. Like, could be. <laughs> I know. It's true. <laughs> I mean, even though I, even though Amelia sleeps through the night, I'm so thankful that she sleeps through the night. Like, I still, it's funny, like, I felt like in the beginning, you remember, like, I would sleep, like, way more when I knew she was sleeping, but now it's almost like, because I know now she goes to sleep every night and she sleeps at night, mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, I can stay up and I do work, and it's, like, terrible because I should be sleeping, yeah. but now I'm like, oh, let me clean the house, let me do the dishes, let me work on my podcast, let me do emails, let me get on the phone with this, like, and I do all this stuff instead of going to sleep. It's terrible. <laughs> but it, that's the... Yeah. workaholic in me I can't help it so I mean I guess like relaxation kind of comes and goes in waves but overall I would say that you're pretty good about it and you have rituals that you do I mean you've been doing them since I've known you in college because you were the first one to kind of teach me self-care yeah, I'm pretty before... sure I got mad at you because I couldn't sleep cause oh I yeah too late. oh all the time <laughs> I remember that yeah and you taught me self-care and I feel like you know self-care now is such a buzzword right but like back then like, yeah. you were all about it before it was even, like, trending, a buzzword. Like, it was just something that was always part of you and your routine and who you were. Yeah. So, when I got to know you, I was like, who is this hippie chick? You know, it was, like, all yes. about, like, self-care and wants me to do this and wants me to do that. But I then started to realize, like, oh, my God, like, you're so on point when it comes to, like, your body and your emotions and everything that you yeah. deal with. I think, I actually think the moment where I realized that, like, relaxation was, like, such a big thing for me is when 
you were getting married and I led everyone in like a breath exercise before we all yes, went out. Yes, I remember that. And that was like the best feeling to like have that big of an impact on I everyone. I remember that because we were all in like complete, it was chaos my wedding, yeah. like chaos. It yeah. was like we couldn't find something like one of my parts of my veil. There was something else missing from the dress. Like yeah. there was just like something with the flower girls and have something like there was everything. Well, that, like, and we were like up early getting yes. ready. Yes, and there was, it was a lot like, an going evening on. Wedding, and of and course, had I had like so many bridesmaids. So it was girls and girls <laughs> and drama and drama <laughs> and craziness and yeah, and yeah. No, it's true. I remember that moment. I think the photographer she got pictures of that moment. Yeah, there's pictures yeah. of it for sure. Yeah, because we everybody was like. Oh, I remember my mom being like, oh, thanks, Steph. Like, you know, it was like, it did. So it's true. It's like, and that's another good point. It's like, I'm learning that too. It's like, especially with being a new mom, like I will have to go and just take a deep breath and then just like start over. Like give myself that reset. Like, okay, just breathe in, breathe out and start over. Even if I'm like ready to scream because she's having a meltdown or she's teething and it's not really her fault because she's a baby. But in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. And I have to just like, okay. And then it helps me to reset. Yeah. So that's another good one for sure. Yeah, breathing. I um, I actually took this class. I don't think you ever got to take it with me, but it was uh, it was breath work. Oh, I remember you telling me about this. No, I never did. And it was with John Paul Cremini, who I still like, I've only been to a, f- a few of his classes, but like I admire him like so much for like giving people that space I took I did take Sophia uh my stepdaughter I took her once to mm-hmm. one of his classes when she I remember you telling me about it because you wanted to take me I think so wait she was she was 13 when I came into her life um almost 14 um and so I think I took her I took her to one of those classes and she you know it gave her a space to breathe because I don't think she's really been breathing you right. know since she was born right she's gone through so much yeah and she she turned over and looked at me with like tears in her Aww. eyes and like started giggling and was like is this what being on drugs feels like <laughs> and I just looked at her and I said no this is not this is so much better than being on drugs <laughs> I love that but it's true. It's like you kind of can get this natural high when you allow yourself to relax because that yeah. natural oxytocin and everything goes through you and you're like, oh, this is what it feels like to feel euphoric in my own natural state, Yeah, which and, is beautiful. Yeah, and so, I mean, he doesn't teach in L.A. as much as he used to. He used to have a house out here. Oh. He moved, I think, back east. Um, I don't stalk you, John Paul, so, um, but I do admire you. I'll put his links in the show notes. Yes, for sure. And there's also, like, um, links for his Spotify music links that lead you through it. And he does do, like, online stuff as well, um, online classes. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, I really, and and I think too, like, you know, I'm a hospitality major, right? Like, I just, yeah. This has been naturally. Yes. I just want to create spaces for people where they feel nurtured and that I feel nurtured and hence why she's been a spa manager for so many years and worked in so many yeah. places like that because you yeah, yeah, you love that. I mean, that's always been your your vibe. My jam. Yeah. It is. One day you're hearing it here, one day she will own her own space where she'll be able to create that for people. I know that one day you will. Because you've been talking yes. about it for so long. It'll come to manifestation. I've been, yeah, I've been working on pro, uh, a project for probably almost a year at this point, And it's still slow. And, yeah. like, you know, you hear, like, being an entrepreneur is, like, really Well, lonely. you know, you've watched your best friend go through yes. it for how many years? And, like, sometimes, like, ideas just, for me, just feel like they're so big. My brain just, like, explodes. And I'm like, okay, this is too much. I just <laughs> need to go at my own pace. And I'll get yeah. there when I get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, hello, I've talked about this podcast since Christmas. It's been almost like, what, six months? Like, I mean, yeah, I've been telling, I've been telling you I wanted to do something for basically, I mean, even longer than Christmas, but then Christmas, I finally got the equipment because my in-laws and, you know, my sister-in-law were like, well, we'll get that for you for your gift to like motivate you. And then it still sat in my office and sat (laughs) in my office and I kept waiting (laughs) and figuring it out. And then finally I kind of got the kick I needed, which was some people reaching out and saying they really wanted to hear my set of motherhood and different things and then I told you I really was grateful that Brett whole laugh listening but who has his own podcast open mic was like I will help you produce it and then I was like all right I have a little bit of a partner in this like yeah and that's what I think helps uh like businesses succeed is when you finally find that person that's like all right I totally see this vision yeah I want to work with you on it 
And I, I don't think that I've gotten to that point where somebody has been like, I see your vision and I want to do it with you. Right. Because for some reason I just don't really want to do it by myself, which... I get it. I mean, listen, you know I've been doing this, like, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I've transitioned in my own brand many times, but as far as, like, styling and T-segment and everything, like, I've been doing this for over 10 years of my own business and it's hard and it does get lonely. And that's why I think I need to get better and better about self-care and finding rituals because I am always on my own and now I'm on my own with my baby girl so it's like yeah. even more intense and yeah have you taken is. a yoga class with her yet I haven't I need to do that that's on my to-dos I baby totally yoga do with, that. yeah, yeah. I've heard it's so much fun I need to do I need to find a place I was actually looking and see me and they don't have one so I need to find like <clears throat> I, I know right yoga teachers in Simi Valley. <laughs> I know right I need to find one because if not I'll find someone like close by in the valley to like do that because I would definitely be like so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody hit Allie up, please. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely, it's all my to do is. I definitely do it. Now, especially that it's like nice out and like the weather's changing. I feel like, isn't it funny how when it's kind of like gross out, everybody kind of hibernates and it's like, don't feel like it's quieter and business tonight's going to be slower and everything yeah, just seems to be. Yeah, all that rain. All yes. that rain that we had. Everybody was just like kind of just hibernating. And now I feel like, like April just like go, was gone. Like it was so nice out. It was so crazy. Amelia's birthday, everything was like whoosh, gone. Like yeah. we saw each other for her birthday and then we haven't seen each other until now. And it's been over a month? Yeah. It's crazy. Almost. Oh, no, not yet. Too. Well, yeah, no. It's been over a month. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. That just shows you how fast, though, like, time goes. And, like, again, to your point of, like, taking a breath and, like, being in the moment and experiencing all that is, like, so important because all of a sudden you're, like, gone. Yeah. So I know you you have to go because of lovely traffic in Los Angeles. You have to meet Michael. I do. Um, So what, um, is there anything else you would want to leave my audience with? I'll definitely have Steph back as a guest because her and I can just talk and talk and talk and go into all kinds of conversations. So like being that we do have so much history together. We really can talk for hours. I used to, when when we didn't live in the same state, we would talk on the phone for like three hours, I think was like our max. Yeah. But we did. We would, like, have a normal, like, hour phone call catch-up to just, like, talk about life. Yeah. And, like, catch up together. And then, like, we'd figure out flying in to see one another. Because I was back in New York, where I'm originally from, and she'd be in Arizona. We'd go back and forth and see each other a few times. Yeah. But we would always be on the phone, like, catching up. And no matter what guy we were seeing, they always knew Allie and Steph were on the phone with each I'm other. Totally me alone. <laughs> um, I think, like, the only thing that I would like to say is, like, one, if you're a mom already and you have friends who aren't but want to be... Like, share as much information with them as possible because, you know, it's been very clear that a lot of information just isn't shared. And, yeah. you know, there's that that saying that, like, you know, when you're a mom, you just forget all of the bad stuff that happens. But I don't really think that that's the case. I just think They don't that, want to talk about it. Yeah, like, maybe it's faux pas or, you know, right. like, you know, like, our my grandmother said that, like, when she was pregnant, she... Like, it was frowned upon to be showing in public once you were that pregnant. Yeah. And so luckily she was, a, she was a smaller woman, so she could work longer than she was supposed to because she wasn't showing that much. Right. Um, but, like, now... That is so crazy to Now me. you can, like, pump at work. Yes. Um, Thank God. And I really just, like, just share as much of your story as you possibly can with anybody. Yeah. Really, I, agree with that I mean, completely. it's gonna help. It's already gonna help me when I have a baby because I know that I have other friends that I can reach out to for support. And, and you know, you're not alone. You know, there, there's someone else going through that. Yes, and also too, like, I mean, I think you did a really good job of like sharing your feelings with me, mm-hmm. and I understood it, even though like I haven't had no, a baby. No, and you were really good about me when I was going through my postpartum depression. I mean, you kind of actually kind of felt like early diagnosed me before I was really fully diagnosed. Yeah, and. I think, I mean, you know, we all just have to, like, support one another and, you know, your life is changing. Like, yes, you did give up the alley that I used to know. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. You I was reborn. <laughs> yeah, you weren't, you aren't the same person that you used to be because, like, you have had to, you have way more responsibility than you used to. Like, yeah. I have more, way more responsibility than I used to have have before I dated you know started dating Michael like mm-hmm. I don't get to like just take get off, off and work mm-hmm. and go do whatever I want and you know like mm-hmm. I used to be like I'm going over yeah. here for two days I'm going down there oh, for two yeah. days totally you I'm getting out of town yeah. I'm driving to Arizona I'll yeah. be back like yeah. I can't do that like I have to plan with other people and I think that can stress people out too when you're like getting to know your child like that is very stressful oh, especially yes. if you have like a rockier go at it um, but yeah, just, just like 
share your experience yeah and be authentic and vulnerable and that's and I appreciate you saying that because as you know like I said to you and I wanted to start this podcast obviously I want it to encompass so many things but for me it was like the real and the raw if I'm going to do this then it's going to be real it's going to be raw and it's going to be basically and I, I know it was like hard for you to cry and go through that but I love that you did because it just shows like what I'm doing is like working and it, it's really bringing that out in people because yeah. like I know obviously we're best friends but, but it like, also helps because you yeah. and I cry whenever we talk to yes, each other yes we anyway, do so. absolutely but <laughs> you're being vulnerable with my audience and allowing them to see that as well and I think that, that there's some beauty in that and I think that my point of like the whole like everyone's like oh why strip down Valley Levine obviously yes okay everyone Play knows words, I was on, yeah, yeah it's like I was stripped on Bravo blah 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 but really truly I feel like when that happened to me and up until now in my life when I was stripped and I went through everything vulnerably and in everything in my core and my raw real self that's what I found that's what I went through and I still am going through that process and so I feel like that's what I want this to be about with anyone that comes on I want them to share the real raw them and strip themselves down and share it so yeah. I appreciate you you know being so open with my audience yeah, of course. I probably won't ever listen to this episode. But <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> at least That's it, okay. Everyone will appreciate it. <laughs> at least it's not on film because that would be way worse. Um, Coming soon. But yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this has helped somebody. I hope it has. Um, and of course, um, if, if, if I'm sure people want to go check you out. So, I mean, Steph is not major, obviously, on, on socials. And she no. is so good about being so relaxed. She's totally unplugged. But she does have a social media and everything. So why don't you just share in case – it'll be in the show notes, but in case people yeah. want to find you. Yeah. Um, well, so I technically have two. One is for the business that I've been slowly trying to start. Um, it's called Relaxation Nations. So cute. Um, and then, you know, my just normal Instagram where I have photos of my fur children and, you know, nature, <laughs> They're cetera, so cute. Um, is Stephanie C. Stevens. Yep. And they're both on Instagram. Both on Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's where you can find her. Thanks for <laughs> popping my podcast cherry. Yeah, I was going to say, that's right. <laughs> You've kidding. never done a podcast before. It's so, so exciting. Yeah, so, I mean, I hope this helps. Um, a lot of you who are listening and choose to listen and share with your friends and let's keep moving forward yeah and keep keep the conversation going well thank you love I'm so happy to have you here and uh loves till next time cheers bye